Yeah, um, if you're putting your price up, you got to change something else. You've got to provide something else, I think, for sure. Fantastic. And whether that's a faster turnaround time, better images. Like mm -hmm. if, if I put the price up and someone pays more, I feel more pressure for me to learn. So I'm literally like, I'm so invested in that wedding. I'll, I'll go there for sunrise. I'll be there for, you know, right through to midnight just because like, yeah, I want to provide the best possible service, especially if they're paying a premium. You're listening to Floy Insider, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want a fresh perspective on business, communication and art. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. Hello. Oh, good, good evening. Sorry. Yeah. Good night over here. Have you had dinner yet? Not yet. I think we got we got takeaway Thai that's just in the, in the living room, just smelling super good right now. Oh no! I'm so sorry. <laughs> what have you done? Now to you me, have Maya? to sit here. Oh, uh, <laughs> now you have to sit here with that smell in the background. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I mean, you can eat if you want to during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like sloppy noodles. Probably not. I'm um, good. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time uh, this evening. Um, I'm really excited to chat to you about a very interesting topic, very, um, very crucial topic, very important. Um, Ryan, you are part of a photography duo. And I'd love to know a little bit more for everyone listening that uh, doesn't know who you are. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? And a little bit of your journey. Can you give us a little run through? Awesome. And I uh, apologize if I talk too much, but um, I'm located on the Gold Coast, Australia. So that's in Queensland, right on the other side of the mm -hmm. world for a lot of people probably listening. Um, next to New Zealand, kind of South Pacific-ish. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, so um, I, um, I'm the founder um, and head photographer at Feather and Finch Photography. So uh, wedding photography is our jam. Um, we, we registered the business in 2014. Um, and it was the same year my son was born. And I'll talk quickly about the process of where it came from and why photography, because it definitely was not a thing on my hit list that I wanted to achieve. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll go forward a little bit. So the duo thing is a, is a fresh thing for us in this business at the moment. And there's a couple of reasons why I've gone down this path. Um, 2021 January was when we went live with Rick and myself as a duo now. So very, very fresh. Okay. Um, and, and the main reason for that was the workload. Um, obviously having someone here to bounce ideas off as a creative, most creatives obviously work alone and can be such a like solitude type business. And I always wanted that kind of collaboration. And I used to look at friends of mine that had businesses or small teams. And I, I would always kind of feel like an outsider, go for coffee. And it was kind of like I'd go back to my home and to the office and wouldn't see them for a week or two. And and I, I realized in um, November after injuring my back that I just needed someone there, not just as a photographer, but mainly as a backup as well for me that I could train up, that I could have at hand when I needed someone also that I could provide um, vendors along the side of weddings with more content. So I could have someone there shooting for vendors and doing things that I'm focused solely with the couple, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's where the duo stem from. So at the moment, Rick and myself, um, 
super busy with weddings. So obviously it's great for me as well as a business owner to have someone out there facilitating other weddings where we feel like we're a great fit. He's exactly the same as me in the approach. He's been in the industry for a while as well, but he was just doing it as a part-time thing. And I, you know, I wanted him to come on full-time. So I gave him that opportunity. But anyway, going back, way back to 2014, um, so my son was born 10 weeks premature. So he was a little, little rascal, tiny uh, baby. I think pretty bad memory. I got male brain, but it's maybe 1.5 pounds or something tiny, right? So um, it was at the stage where like, you know, they say like when your life flashes before you, you realize like maybe how selfish you were or a dream that you had or something. And honestly, it was like, Nadia, it was at that moment, maybe a week after he was born, he was a nice you that I was like, I have to change what I'm doing. And what I was doing was like personal training and I was running my own business, doing that for years. And I, I just, a friend of mine was a wedding photographer and he was like explaining to me and he's like, dude, you really should be documenting this moment of your life. Like tomorrow, the statistics mm -hmm. aren't on your side. And um, mm -hmm. man, I get emotional. But anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I started like taking photographs of him and in, in there and I needed something to grasp because I needed to kind of something to take me away from the hospital environment. And it was at that stage where I went out and bought a camera and it was, it was like my drug. Um, I had nothing else other than to watch him in this incubator and to be there for my partner. So I knew that I needed something for myself. And like I said, it was, it was my drug. So I was consumed by it. Um, and honestly, and then after that, I just, once we kind of got home, I said, I'm never doing anything again. Like I'm going to be documenting something with photography and yeah. And, and that's where it stemmed from nearly seven years ago now. Wow. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, thank you for, for opening up about that. How is your son now? Yeah, he's good. He's six. So I, um, <laughs> I, I homeschool slash run the business slash photograph weddings all at the same time. So he's still got oh. physical needs. Like he, um, he, he needs assistance walking and talking and all of that. Like he has, he's been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Um, mm -hmm. but that's our normal, right? Like we don't know any different. We don't have any other kids. So it's honestly normal for us. Um, but obviously it gives me a, a bit of a unique perspective and, and I guess why I want to document weddings. I'm not here to try and sell, my unique proposition or anything but yeah mm -hmm. i always just keep coming back to the point of like how close we were to lose him and how important a single mm -hmm. photograph could have been for us in that moment mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that i think it does Pleasure. make a difference to to your drive and your purpose i guess because you have such a strong why you have such a strong why you started this um, and how you fell in love with photography and what it means to you, an actual photograph. So um, I think there's, there is a lot of power in that. How did you like pick Rick? <laughs> did you guys, were you guys <laughs> friends already? Like, did you do a casting call? Why him? Yeah, so, um, so in 20, in my doing 2018, I actually put out a call for photographers to come on board as a content creator for me and also as an assistant, blah, blah, blah. And I went through around about 15 or so interviews in the studio, which I had back then. And I didn't click with anyone, to be honest. I felt like um, people were coming with the, the fallacy of 
I'm just coming to learn and then I really want to just excel my own photography business, which is fine. But as a business owner, it's kind of like, well, I'm not really going to pay you to learn off me to take over my business. Like, you know, that is reality. Um, so I kind of let it on the back burner. And then, um, and yeah, November, um, I was like brainstorming. I'm like, who do I know in this industry? Um, and most of the people that I knew were doing it full time. You know, they were, they were chock-a-block with weddings. Like, you know, that's not the partnership I could bring on um, because they, they were comfortable in their own place. So I did speak to a few people that I was very connected with and, um, yeah, they were kind of doing their own thing and um, had two people in mind. And, and the way I actually, Rick popped up was I actually photographed his family, I would say two years ago now on film. Um, it was kind of like mm. a thing I wanted to do. I was learning film at the time and I was gave away a free free uh, family photo shoot uh, on film, shooting on medium format cameras. And Rick was a photographer back then and he hit me up on Instagram, said how much he loved my work. And I said, look, dude, I'm coming through. Let me document your, your family. And we kept in touch ever since. And he, he's got the personality where he has so much drive as a part-time photographer that he's doing every hour outside of his other work to just grow and I, I soak that up like every day today I still learn and um, anyway so I caught up with a coffee and I just said look where are you at like this is where I'm at um, I'm getting x amount of leads like um, mm -hmm. I really want help at weddings I really want you to come overseas with me document things do behind the scenes photos of me learn how to edit in creative ways do all of this um, and yeah he was more than happy so now he's on board that's amazing. It's yeah, it's such a fresh, fresh thing. Um, but I guess it's working out well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's really cool, Nadia, just to be able to just chat to someone, just to be able to look at our images and say like, what do you, what should we do? Like, um, yeah, and at weddings as well. Like, I never really liked photographing with another person, to be honest. Like, I really wasn't that type of person, and. Mm -hmm. or it came from November like two herniated discs in my lower back and I was like damn I really need someone to help me so um, nice. yeah that was a massive thing as well beautiful Ryan today we're actually talking with you about the psychology behind pricing right because <laughs> yep. apparently that's something you're really good at <laughs> and oh, we'll uh, see. <laughs> And a bit of an expert in and we're talking about how to increase your sales but not just the sales themselves but actually the value you're bringing right because mm. um, that obviously should grow together <laughs> yes um and as, for someone for, for photographers listening that are you know at the beginning of their career but even people who are not who have been in this for long and maybe they are slightly changing their avenue or they're starting over in a new city you know different market um in in your experience in your opinion uh what's what is a good way to determine you know the right price for your product or for your service yeah i think um the first thing that comes to mind like i've got a whole note notebook full here of like why you know how how to price yourself accordingly but i think the first thing that comes to mind like i think you've got to be realistic in what you're creating and then what you're mm -hmm. charging um, I mean, it's all very well. Like when I first started, I remember sitting in a garage at a wedding and it was like, it was terrible. Like I'm, I'm going to say like, it was, I, I remember that moment and just going, what am I doing? But it was reflective of the work I was producing. 
And I was, you know, it was $500. They paid me $500 and I didn't get fed as a vendor. I got booted around. I got, they didn't care. And that's fair. That's great. But what had happened and why I think a lot of photographers, especially when they start, they really get caught up on what someone's been charging in five years, 10 years, 15 years, someone that's all over Vogue and Insta famous and getting these banger weddings but they've been doing it for a year. And this is also what I failed on. Like I remember sitting down with my friend who was a wedding photographer saying, dude, everyone's charging like three grand, like around where we are. It's like, that seems to be like pretty average. I'm just going to go to three grand. And I did that and literally it was like dead. And like, I look back now and I go like, I would not have paid that for me. And no one did. It's like trying mm-hmm. to like, like, you know, build a house, but the, the house you're building is terrible and you're trying to charge what everyone else is paying. So I think the the number one thing is you've got to understand the work that you're providing. And if you become really beautiful, creative, and you're providing an amazing experience and getting photographs that really stand out, putting them together in a way that's like great curated, mm-hmm. like Gabe McClintock would say, to make you stand out from the crowd, that'll allow you to charge more, number one. Absolutely true. You kind of have to look at yourself realistically, like where are you in the market? Like what... Mm where your image is, the quality, the service you offer, like where does that fit in um, in the market? Absolutely true. <laughs> I love, Definitely. I love, I love when you said I wouldn't have paid that from my phone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, and, you know, a lot of times I'd leave a wedding and I wasn't charging enough and I'd say to my partner, I'd be like, man, they should have paid 10 times what I charged for what I just did for them. You yeah. know? And I should always say to me, like, why aren't they? Why aren't they? Like, you, you want a Ferrari, like they're going to give you the amazing service. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, how did you grow? How did you go from charging 500 to whatever you're charging now? I don't yep. know if you want to reveal that, but oh, I'm happy like, to, yeah, I'm happy to share step. all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm more than happy to share my pricing in that. Obviously it changes as well. And there's, there was such thing as destination weddings, which we used to quote differently, but there's no more of them. But anyway, so um, yeah, first wedding was free. Second one was $500. Terrible photographer making terrible images. Um, and I had a massive um, gap where I didn't have any weddings. I think I had two or three weddings for that one year. And I had about, let's say four or five months, nothing. And I realized, mm-hmm. yeah, again, it was reflective of the work that I was doing. So the only way to get better was to practice, right? And I, yeah, like, it was like my drug, right? Like, I was so, so, like, you know, when everyone starts photography, they're so, so immersed in it. And I bought a mannequin. I bought a mannequin's head. I bought every book from Robert Venezuela's. Um, I signed up to SLR Lounge, Pi Gerasa. I... Um, literally probably bought 50 photography books and read I literally can hardly read so I taught myself really to read by just going nuts and I would take this mannequin out on the streets and take a flash and take a reflector and take my camera and then I would like the sun would be setting I'd try that and then I'd go in the garage and I'd do this and it was every day on my to-do list which is right next to me now it doesn't have it in it now but every day my number one task would be one hour photography practice every single day monday to sunday every day um because i realized that was the like i'm not going to be great at seo and all of that and like i just was would be stoked to be able to understand photography more um so anyway as that learning process improved and as i started growing again started learning more about sales and 
the, the big big thing for me, like my my jump, so I'd look at a jump, so I'd go from fifteen hundred to two thousand, and then have that little bit of awkwardness, like oh shit, is anyone going to book? But then do everything I could not to go backwards, not to go oh look, no one's booking at two k, like I'm going to go back to fifteen hundred. I would be like, look, I need to curate my work better. I need to invest in learning. So I had some, like, I think in the in the maybe second year, I probably spent $10,000 on private mentoring. Um, and, and that was just reaching out to photographers on Instagram that were where exactly where I wanted to be and just saying, dude, like how much is an hour going to cost? And some of these were plus a thousand dollars for an hour. Um, and sometimes I walked away with it going, look, I learned nothing. But other times I walked away with it going, damn, that's 10 years of experience just told me everything they know in an hour. Like, so anyway, my prices increased and um, at the moment, uh, our kind of most um, popular package is 5,000 Australian. We have an $8,000 package and a 4,000. So 4,000 is five hours, um, 5,000 is kind of full day and an 8,000 is an inclusive with engagement shoots and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and it's taken years to get to that point. And there's still, I, we get influx of leads, so many leads but we're at the top of the probably pricing structure of where we are locally. Mm-hmm. So we have a lower percent of booking, but that's cool because we have solid SEO, solid blog writing. Everything's kind of generating a big funnel of leads to be able to get those clients that value to spend that much on photography, I guess. So that's a great example of how to increase your value uh, while also increasing your prices. Um is there how did you communicate that to clients like whenever your price changed like because obviously i'm sure you got uh, recommendations from past clients where people were like oh my friend uh, sent me to you but then you're like oh i'm actually two grand more now um or like was that something you didn't care about because you thought i don't want that type of client anyway i want to get into new markets um or but if you did how did you communicate that to those people yeah, there was Nadia, there's only probably two times that I've had this situation where I, I charged a lot more than say her sister um paid, right? Um so it's very rare, but I, I never really looked at it like, oh, okay, cool. If I photograph this wedding in in two thousand and seventeen, but someone and her friend comes to me in two thousand nine or eighteen, uh, right. I've I've got to charge what I charge in two thousand eighteen. Like I always stood my ground. Um and I never really discounted or anything like that. When I first started, like I would do anything I could for amazing weddings. Like I would really sever out what that inquiry was. If they were getting married on a mountain and I really wanted to kind of go down that route, I would try and do everything I could without giving it away for free. But I might be like, look, I'm going to drive 10 hours, no cost for you. Like, I just want to be there. Don't worry about me. But it got to a point where I was like, this is not what I want to do. Like, I, damn, this is not sustainable. This is not a business. I have a family. This is my job. Um, yeah. uh, going sidetrack now. So in terms of your question, I never really cared about that. I just stuck to my guns of um, I, I we, when I help photographers and that with their pricing, I always say there's this point of tap out. Like there's, there's this point where you go too far and you're like entering the next level right Mm -hmm. but there's also that psychology of pricing right like if you yeah it's so simple everyone knows this i mean you go buy a dress shirt and it's twenty dollars or you go buy a dress shirt and it's two hundred dollars you value it so much more um Mm -hmm. 
So I think there's there's that thing in place as well. But there's also that point where are you going to pay $2,000 for a dress shirt? Maybe that's just a little bit too much. Um, yeah, so at the moment, we're real happy with our pricing. Like we, I think another one a lot of photographers don't understand is their numbers. Like they don't, they don't know how much tax and GST and overheads and office and accounting and blogging and cameras and and I'm like looking at their price. I'm like, your work's amazing and you're charging that. Do you realize what you come home with? Like mm-hmm. you you should, if you want this to be viable, you should go get another job because you're making $20 an hour and the responsibility on you to photograph a wedding is beyond any other part-time job you'll ever have. Like mm-hmm. you stuff this one wedding, you're probably going to be out of the industry or this mm-hmm. domino effect of everyone understanding about what happened to them will probably take you out. You know, so I think knowing our responsibility is a big thing as well, how to price correctly. Absolutely. I I wondered that a lot over the, when when I was a wedding photographer and um, saw other people create amazing photographs but charge so little. I'm like, how do mm. you how do you calculate this? Like, how do you mm. pay rent? And because like half of this money that you're charging is has to be put aside for taxes like already. And yeah. then. Like, what about everything else? Like, that is, it's just, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's yeah, definitely. And the, the response, it's like a tattooist. Hey, it's like a tattooist. Like, you're mm-hmm. not going to go just pay a tattooist $10 on the corner for like a tattoo and hope it's going to be amazing. Like, you want an artist, like you, you know, most of them are booked out for a year in advance and you pay a premium for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So Wedding photography is much more, I think, you can get tattoos removed, but if someone's not documenting your wedding right, you're not going to do it again. Mum and dad might pass away. So like there's so much value in what we do. Absolutely. Um, Other than obviously knowing your costs and calculating your prices based off of that, you just mentioned tap out um, points and levels. When do you, when, when do you know you've hit that next level? Like on your own journey, for example, Mm. when did you have that confidence or how did you have that confidence to know okay now is the time um i have to charge more i have to increase my price yeah i i guess comes down to obviously workload right like i i did maybe 68 weddings um at like three and a half Mm -hmm. to four thousand dollars and i realized like i'm i mean if i charge more than that i can do less than that right so there was also yeah. this this influx of work. So I realized that there were so many leads coming in that I could. So that was number one. Number two was uh, um, another mentor of mine explained to me, and it's super simple. It's like the purple cow method. It's like, oh, there's all these, I shouldn't say the word, but there's all these cows, which is like business owners, right? <laughs> Seth Godin says, um, yeah. and how are you going to stand out from the crowd? Or are they going to directly look at your work and say, oh, that's, I can get that down the road. Where are you going to separate your work by maybe the maybe the images the images that you're producing or the or the price that you're charging? Um, so I knew I did not want to be a part of the masses. So I I kind of worked out what everyone was charging and realized okay cool I'm going to be a thousand to two thousand more than everyone else and that'll probably give me better weddings than everyone else. Not not saying it does, but if someone's paying a premium for photography they're probably paying a premium for their wedding everything looks incredible the styling's amazing everything's incredible so it comes back to possibly being able to make better photographs easier if that makes sense yeah Uh, but there was a point Nadia where I went 
I went up um, to $7,000 for a full day um, and it was crickets. And I was kind of getting over the whole um, trying to nurture leads into it when realistically, like they had no idea, like that, that's twice as much as they were ever going to spend, spend. And I know you can persuade people, but doubling their budget, that's a huge thing. Um, so I was like, look, like, yeah, I, I don't want to have to speak to a hundred couples to be able to get one booking. Um, but who knows, you know, I might be, yeah. might be there. The goal's, the goal's 10 grand. So we'll see. Of course. Yeah. Um, have you ever tried like experimented with pricing as well? Cause I have like, have, I've had like different price lists and just to see what works and, um, what doesn't, have you ever done that? And then like, Oh, uh, I have yeah. to go back and change it again. Like, Literally monthly, I reckon, um, reformatting <laughs> it. Like, is, is it, is it 7,987 or is it 8,000? Is it 7,999? Um, do I put this package here or middle here, etc.? cetera? Uh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But it also comes, I think, I think in the end of the day, someone's still got to swipe their card, still got to hand over money, whether it's written as 7,999, they're still going to feel that same um, value going out. Uh, yeah. So no, I try every month something different. <laughs> okay good that's that's reassuring <laughs> for everyone out there who's, uh, doing the same thing I think it's 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 good to try different things absolutely um and constantly um constantly learn really and and see um what what else you can do obviously always while always delivering great value as well yeah. I think yeah. sometimes you can get lost in like the strategy and the yeah what is the psychology behind pricing and mm. the three offer system like you know the small one the the middle one and the mm. large one people go for the middle and all of that psychology but um there's also that emotional connection and like what what are you actually giving people what is your why right yeah um, if you're putting your price up you got to change something else you've got to provide something else i think for sure fantastic. and whether that's a faster turnaround time better images like if, if I put the price up and someone pays more, I feel more pressure for me to learn. So I'm literally like, I'm so invested in that wedding. I'll, I'll go there for sunrise. I'll be there for, you know, right through to midnight just because like, yeah, I want to provide the best possible service, especially if they're paying a premium. After many years as a wedding photographer and like doing what you do and working in like with high-end clients and in, in that price range, what do you feel like you still have to learn? random question everything yeah no 100 percent. like i mean a cliche cliche answer but um yeah everything hey like um one one big thing i didn't do and and Cy Moore, a great friend of mine in new zealand said you know a lot of photographers don't understand light when they first start like they're so hung mm -hmm. up on instagram and social numbers but like as every photographer knows once they get in it how important just understanding like light is um so like i i like, like, for example, I had a wedding, a destination wedding in Australia uh, two weeks ago. And um, like, I, I turned up to this big villa, it was incredible, it was only 10 people, I had full rain or whatever I wanted to do. It was kind of one of these, oh, yes, everything's happening, storm clouds coming, there's rainbows. But I, I walked, <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. But I walked in there and I, and I was like, shit, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm like, little things like, um, like, 
I, I get to, so say if I'm f- photographing from 12 o'clock, right? I'll get there at 11 o'clock. I won't turn up with my cameras at all. And I'll literally like be running around the house. Look like not silly, but obviously to introduce myself to kind of calm all the nerves of people and meet mum and dad and do all that stuff. But I remember walking around this villa going like, oh my God, where's the light? What am I going to do? Shit. What's occurred? And what I've got no options. And I just walk, I walked out of the villa and just literally took like two minutes to myself. Cause you know, you got to take time away from tense situations and just went simplify it. Like just simplify it, Ryan. Like what, what do you know? And what do you need to learn? And I just looked at a single window and I was like, what are my options here? If I have five minutes, you know, I'm an hour early. I can do whatever I want. I'm looking and I'm thinking, wow. Um, so also learning on the spot as well, right? Like, so, and then I was so ecstatic when I got that five minutes with the couple and I was like, guys, guys come here. Like, you got to see what I see, like come do. And he was a photographer. So there's a lot of pressure on me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like taking the photo and then he's like, show us. And normally I wouldn't, but I showed him because I was so happy. And he's just like, he literally grabbed my camera and threw it in there. And he's like, oh my, dude, like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, and he's like, "Can we keep going?" I was like, "No, we got to get like you've got your next thing." Like, um, but that puts a massive smile on my face, like knowing I walked in with no options, and I, I put the like I love having pressure, like I'm good under pressure, um, and yeah, like I mean, just going back to just keep learning, like God damn, like photographers stop looking at everyone, like it's a hard one, but like YouTube is like a university, like simplify it just choose a subject and say light and then spend two months on learning light then next two months learn colors and then you know i do that i just bought a book this morning from color theory like after speaking to narav patel and um you know and it's just all about okay cool this might come in handy at one wedding when i'm like oh terracotta nice cool colors let's do that you know yeah yeah beautiful i love that absolutely love that um and it's so phenomenal I think as a wedding photographer you always learn something new at every wedding even if it's you do it every week and it looks like it's always the same thing <laughs> and we can get stuck in that routine and then thinking oh it's the same thing it's yeah. the same thing, same thing but actually yeah you are right you learn with every single wedding like oh this is enough like even doing it for 10 years or whatever like it, there's always something new that you had no idea about mm. and it might just be the people hey like how to interact with that personality that's a huge yeah. one right but yeah and then um a lot of the times when i was learning like i always take a notebook and when i'd finish the wedding i'd write down everything i learned from that one wedding and then before the next wedding i'd read over it and be like you know mistakes made and i'd read over it and be like oh, okay do not do that like don't speak to people like that like say goodbye to mum when I leave the wedding like that was something like I got a text message on the way home and the bride said oh like mum was trying to find you or something you know I'm just winging these at them but like that's a great way to learn right yeah that is yeah I I love that you love notebooks (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've got like five next to me right now and sometimes there's just too many love love all that all that talk about adding value if you increase your price you also have to add something else you have Mm. to give something else more right Uh, but in terms of like your actual you know pricing sheet and and Mm -hmm. and the pdf the thing that you send to client to inquiries do you have any tricks for like how it looks what you put in there 
how you presented the language you use or the how how you set yeah. up your packages you know do you do the three package thing like i think you said you have three how does mm. it look do you have any tricks for that that you've learned um i've tried it i think i've tried everything hey uh, and this is that trial i've done the pdf i've done the single package i've done it live on the website not on the website i've done it in print i've done it over the phone um <laughs> At the moment, it's a it's an unlinked web page, like most a lot of photographers will have that we'll send out to couples. So they'll go to a yeah. URL. I was, which was designed by um, Squamos, um, but I was doing a PDF handout. But I never really liked opening PDFs on an email on my phone, and knowing most most clients are going to be on their phone when they get your emails. I never liked opening a PDF. I found it too small, too clunky. It also doesn't help my SEO because they're not sitting on my website for 10 minutes looking on my my pricing. Someone goes to my URL, sits on my pricing for 10 minutes. Google's like, okay, this is like something important. Um, so, and, and it's customizable. Like I'm not great at doing like editing PDFs. So I knew I can, I can use a website really easily so I can change and trial things. So at the moment, that's where it's at. There are three packages. Um, half day, full day, and then full day, including everything else. Also video as well, which we just added. Um, mm. Now, two two things come to mind when I think about um, tips. It might work for you or might not if you're listening, which is anchor pricing. So anchor pricing being the first thing they see might be the $10,000 package. And then the second one they see might be the one you really want to book, which is $4,000. Okay. And to, to look at a $10,000 one, it's probably well out of most most couples' budgets, depending on where you are and who you are. But then they look at the $4,000 one and think, well, okay, like I can get my favorite photographer for X and I get this. That's so that's a, a lot of value. So I think anchor pricing is a big thing. I think um, mm. when I look at photographers' pricing, which is not often, but when I do do mentoring sessions or look at them, they're so full on. I don't know if I've got male brain too much, but I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, when is this going to stop? Like the question was like, can I have your pricing? That's what a lot of customers are asking, right? Can I get your pricing? Are you available? They want two things. Are you available? Can I get your pricing? Don't just send them a, a sentence. Give them the what they want. Give them your value proposition and why you're unique and then give them that price. Um I mean, I've seen photographers pricing 30 pages deep. And I'm like, um, I can't even remember where I was when I was looking at that shit. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, that's one thing I, I really tried to avoid. I kept it on a single page on the website. It was super simple. Um, right. They could literally click it. They could see what the differences in were each one. There was no unique wording like connection session, which is fine. But you're probably mm -hmm. going to get a question back saying, what's a connection session unless people are educated with it. Um, right. Yeah. And then um, simplify it. So simplify it. I know photographers that offer a single package might be $5,000 full day. That's all we got. Message us if you want something custom. Then you can just work mm -hmm. it out. I think mm -hmm. if I was booking a wedding, that's what I want. I mean, I wouldn't care paying premium because I'm a photographer. But if I seen mm -hmm. five or six packages or... Mm -hmm. I would just be like, guys, like I just, I just want a wedding photographer. And most commonly it's going to be a full day unless you're an elopement photographer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just too much sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. There's Simplify. a lot of noise in the industry. 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and it's, and everyone has, I think the, the thing with all the noise is that people think somebody has the secret sauce, yes. <laughs> you know, somebody has the magic holy grail mm. when um, nobody is right and nobody's wrong. Like, you know, you do what works for you. And yeah, that means, you know, maybe trying different things, but you have to take into account so many things, your own life, your own lifestyle, where you live, uh, you know, your environment, um, so, so, so many things. Um, and, and not everything will work for, you know, different people. So, um, yeah, I think, I think you got to, I think you got to really realize what type of business you want. Hey, like, do you want mm -hmm. something that's scalable? Do you want a lifestyle business or do you just mm -hmm. kind of want to make X amount of money? Um, and just kind of have like a, a, a middle average where you're doing 30 weddings, mm -hmm. having, I don't know, however many days off. So you really got to think about what you want, I think. And then if it's multiple shooters and stuff like that, start learning from those people, you know, like start understanding how to scale a business is new for me, scaling a business. Like I always mm -hmm. thought photography is such a creative aspect that it's, it's unachievable to scale because my business was such a personal thing and which I'm learning every day. I'm reading books on scaling. I'm learning books on like the creative entrepreneurs that bring in other creative entrepreneurs and it could backfire on us, but I'm willing to go down that path because I feel like after seven years, like I don't want to be shoot. I mean, 80 plus weddings just by myself this year. So I don't want to be shooting. That's too much, you know, like I can't yeah. sustain that. Um, obviously due to COVID and stuff, but I would rather a lifestyle business where I do 50 and someone else does 50 and, you know, someone else does 50 or something, you know? Right. Yeah. It's all about trying and see, yeah. uh, and see what works and where, and where you get to. I love that. Um, would you say discounts are always good, uh, bad? <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Cause, um, yeah, some people are like, Oh no, stay away from discounts. Um, mm. Would you agree? No, no. I think they can be so beneficial. I haven't really done much of them. It was a philosophy of mine, which I was like, I'm not discounting my packages. What happens okay. if a bride sees someone else paying 500 more or whatever, or they didn't, they paid for this service and now I'm giving it away. So it is a conscious thought, but I think you can discount in other ways that are not monetary value. So you can give away a free engagement shoot. So simple. This goes around and around in the wedding industry give away a free engagement mm -hmm. shoot or a multiple ones. That's a free shoot, but you get to book the wedding if you're great and you deliver great photographs, right? I think when you're early and the end of the, like when I, you know, I did a free engagement shoot promo when I was, when I first started year one. And I think I photographed 31 couples in about 40 days and I booked mm -hmm. 28 weddings. Um, and that really got me as a full, I mean, that's a full-time photographer generally, yeah. you know, so they got something for free, which was a discount, but then I got the incentive and they also did a booking. But I think if you think you can just put out $500 off wedding collections or packages on socials, I don't think that's the right way to do it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also often what works is what you just said to instead of taking something away from your package, like discounting it, taking X amount away to actually mm. add something onto mm. it. So add value doesn't cost if you, you something exactly if you book i'll add an engagement shoot or a book or whatever um, yeah yeah kind of instead of taking away just adding something really 
and we we trial this all the time like i have a marketing uh one of my best friends handles all my marketing full time um and each month we come up with concepts and we bounce ideas we're like okay cool let's try this this month like for example we did one the other month where it was a free six by six wedding album if you book full days coverage it flopped it didn't work um and it was probably because of the demographic that was looking at it on Facebook probably didn't value what uh, actual um, album cost and also cost me, which yeah. was obviously factored in. I didn't increase my prices to factor it in, but the pricing structure wasn't cheap. Even when mm -hmm. I got my prices sent to them, they're like, oh, we probably, you know, I got some emails saying like, we don't want an album. Like how much can you discount it um, again if you take the album out? And I'm like, Dude, the album's thrown in. So that was a, that I would say that was a great learning thing for mm -hmm. us that we can't, because the product costs us money. It's yeah. not like I'm giving them a free shoot or fastest edits or a sneak peek or I don't know, something else. That was a physical product that would cost me money to design, to make and to deliver. And that didn't work. So you've mm -hmm. got to try things though. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I want to circle back to the beginning of how you started with photography and it obviously started with such a personal story for you. Um, there's this journey with photography and falling in love with it. Did you ever fear that you would lose the love for it, make, making it, making a living from it um, and, and having to sell photography um, that thing that, you know, you, started loving so much and, and how did you get over that fear if you had it mm. of, of selling something you love yeah T to be to be honest like I always really love business as well um okay. like I f I find I enjoy business just as much as I enjoy photographing if not more sometimes um mm -hmm. But in saying that, I've definitely fought some demons, which aren't like crazy demons. Um, but times when I've just questioned like my abilities and what I'm doing, maybe it's been a quiet month or COVID or I'm not producing the work that I can, then I hold myself like lowest in lower standards than other people I see. Um, but I, I've just got a close-knit crew of friends that I can literally just be like, dude, like, um, I really want to learn this or um, I think for me, it's been like step away from the business sometimes. Like I I'm a workaholic, like proper, um, not to a good point at some times, but obviously it benefits business at other times. So I never felt like I was selling my dream, which was to produce images from the heart. I just mm -hmm. felt like I've just got to get this fucking word across, excuse me, to people um, and let them know who I am and why I do what I do. And if they value it, they'll come on board. And if they don't, I'd rather go broke. Um, yeah. So like, that's where I'm at. Like I'll, I'll hopefully our wording's really strong when, when we communicate. The first thing we say is like, when we, when we in, interview, um, cu couples to see if we're a good fit. My first thing is like, guys, I'm straight with you. I'm not doing a two hour photo shoot. I'm not mm -hmm. telling you to kiss. I'm not telling you to stand there. And, and I mean, yeah, okay. It sounds all good. A lot of, I know a lot of photographers say it, but to actually do that is another thing. And I'll say like, I'm a guy. The last thing I give a shit about is fluffing your dress. Um, like, blah, and <laughs> you like, it's, it's like, it turns people away 
and a lot of bookings don't come through with it but when we turn up to the wedding and the bride's just down like okay let's do this like it's raining let's kick it um i'm like this is you know i did do those ones when i was fluffing at the start oh my gosh i can't wait for your wedding tell me the flowers like i would love to see the palette that's not me but i i was becoming someone i wasn't um because i felt like that's what was needed in the industry and then i just went you know what fuck this like um it's not why that's not why i see photographs and and see so much value like so i'm going to lean into the wording escape the ordinary is our motto uh everything's all about that so yeah i don't know if i answered the question i'll just go on tangent no i loved i absolutely loved that because you should sell the way you are the way that fits you as well and i think you probably it sounds like you should sell the way you like to be sold to as well like the Mm. way you respond to it and then you drive the ones that are not yeah and that way you drive away the people that are not for you Mm. that are not a good fit i love that absolutely thank you so much ryan this was amazing (laughs) it's a pleasure really great um so much value i loved how honest you were with your journey and like the the good stuff the difficult stuff um the stuff that went wrong really appreciate it um when people are honest and just tell it how it is so thanks oh thank you for having me You're listening to Floy Insider, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want a fresh perspective on business, communication, and art.